You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's August 17th, 2023, and this is the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 348. If this is your first time hanging out with us, either listening or watching, welcome. This is a podcast that focuses on PHP programming, running a business, and making a living with the PHP programming language. That sounded horrible. This is a podcast that focuses on the PHP programming language and its community. We are three real-world developers who make a living and run a business focused on PHP. That was better. We stream live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. PDT, Daylight Savings Time, I just remembered, or 4 a.m. GMT, or for you real geeks out there, UTC. Uh, you can be part of this live stream by joining us in our Discord at discord.phpugly.com. And you can participate in the show while we're streaming live. You can suggest titles, have conversations, and then even after the show, you can hang out in our Discord all week long. There's some fantastic conversations that go on and discussions that happen. If you are If you are watching us live on YouTube, Stick around for the after party where things get a little uglier, a little less controlled. And uh, if you're not watching us and you're listening to us on our podcast, head on over to our YouTube channel and check us out and make sure you subscribe. The show is made just a little better thanks to a few sponsors, HoneyBadger.io and JetBrains PHP Storm and PHP Architect. We'll talk about all of those wonderful brands a little later in the show, as well as our supporters on Patreon, who are very special people to us. These are people in our community who just like to say thank you and give us a little little support on Patreon. And we will highlight them a little later as well. Uh, I think that's it. I think I can go into introductions. I'm Eric Van Johnson, and I am one of your fine developer hosts who will be leading you on this journey tonight. And with me tonight, the man who still feels like Pogs will be a thriving market one day, John Congan. I don't even know what a Pog is. I, I had something else to say, and then you screwed me up with the Pogs. I don't even know what a Pog what? is. This is a, how do you not know what a pog is? What is wrong with you? Am I just showing my age? Do you am, is that like out of your age range? Damn it! All right, moving on. And Beanie Baby's still his retirement plan. Tom, right up. Hello, Tom. Tell me you know what a pog is. Yes, please tell me. Yes, I. Uh, I had quite the collection of slammers back in my day. I I, I did enjoy the pogs. Very easy to carry around. In trade, yes. Yeah, and like Pugs, John. grocery stores got into it too. Like you got them everywhere you went for a while. Yeah, Pogs. Are you, are you just messing with me, or do you really not know what they are? I don't know what they are. Pogs were these little, like, round 
this there were, there were the tops for milk caps, like milk bottles in, in Oh, Hawaii. was that really what they were? Yeah. It all came from Hawaii. Well, I knew they I knew they'd come from Hawaii, but I didn't realize they were the top of originally the top of milk bottles. Yeah. No, well, there you go. Yeah, and and you every, like like Tom said, everybody who had any sort of marketing for anything got involved with Pogs. You Pogs were cheap. You could throw some graphics on it, and people bought them up. And you would trade them, and you would slam them. There was a little game where you'd stack them and slam them, and yeah, there was like at a certain point, like the penny saver thing that came in the mail just for resident had some in it. Like it was, it was one of the craziest trends. Yeah, you're the most boring person I know, John. You have no understanding of culture. I'd I'd also like to point out that most of the PHP Ugly after recording is just John going, oh, shit, I was going to say this thing and I forgot. (laughs) What are you talking about? No, I don't. All the time, John. It's like like two or three episodes. (laughs) Oh, Stop. I want to talk the, moment, the moment recording stops. Stop. Thank you. Up. All right. So, gentlemen, John, how was your week? Oh, my week has been full of debugging, which is not uncommon. It's been full of planning for the future, which is not uncommon. Uh, we've been making some good strides, uh, PHP in PHP Architect and PHP Tech over the past week or more than that, but it's been it's been a grind as far as getting things done, right? We we announced the beginning of PHP Tech, uh having dates selected and the venue chosen. Now we're starting to, all the other stuff going into PHP Tech. From the prospectus for people that want to sponsor the events to um coming up with plans for themes, website design. It's been a busy week. Very true. Oh, God. Meetings, lots of meetings. How are you, Tom? Fun. Oh, you know, trying not to make the same mistakes as I made last week. It's been uh, interesting. Did we talk about mistakes last week? (laughs) No, no, they came up on Monday. Where I had pushed something out and it failed miserably. And, you know. that, That would have been this week, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, the the code that was pushed went out last week, and then it was a mad dash to undo and fix and uh, put more to put more onus on the QA team than I was doing previously, which is like I'm supposed to do that, but I keep not doing that. So because you don't want to feel like a burden, right? I know. <laughs> That's it's I, like, I, it's like I should have tested the code myself. Why? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I ran it, so it works fine. Thanks. No, and and I have to write these uh, these test cases for QA, and I'm just sort of like omitting things where I'm like, yeah, it's hard to test that. Don't worry about it. And <laughs> I, I do that. I'm guilty. It's, I do that all the time. I'm it like, sounds terrible. I mean, isn't that the but stuff you really want to test for, though? But I can't but imagine it, that not everyone feels the same way as me, where they're like, "No, I, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry about this. It, like, I don't mean yeah. to give you hard thing, give you easy thing." Ah, it's, but there's a difference when you can say, "Go here, do this, and you should see that." That's the I'm easy not even case. supposed to do that, though. Right. But I'm just supposed to say, 
this is what the new feature does. You give me all the test cases you ran, and I'll tell you if that's adequate. I want your QA team. Well, it's, like a, it's, a full, it's a full department. It's it's very it's very frustrating to like a to have stuff come back, but b to say like, hey, this is solid, this works, and you know, don't worry about it. And then like it comes back to you, and you just you had told QA, don't worry about it. <laughs> like that sucks too. I hate. I hate. I, I, I have a lot of work. The, I have a lot of those cases where. The change isn't visual unless you have access to the database. You don't necessarily know that the change did anything. So I, I get a lot of those cases. Yeah, absolutely. And like our QA department is very competent, very good. They know what they're doing. They can access the database. They can modify records and like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Insert. That is not a QA team. Wait, staging, what? Staging records. They they can get a client into a specific state that is that needs to be tested. Some of these There's, some of these states take like weeks to get into, so you just have to go into the record and like mark it as in that state. So there, the QA team is that where seed data comes in though. We don't seed with tests. We have to just tell them like, hey, this is what it does. Prove that it does that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that that kind of comes into another like issue that that all of this came out of which was like do does QA read the spec and make sure that the code that I pushed out meets the spec? Do I have zero interaction with QA and they come back and say, "Hey, you just missed a whole part of the spec that's like super important?" Or is that code review? Or is that both? Both, I would think. Well, because I had mentioned last week that part of when I do code review is first reading the spec and making sure that the new code meets the spec. Did you miss the SMS part? Did you miss the text change on this document? Whatever. But QA should be doing that too, but not every environment can do that. Not everyone can interpret the spec the same way. And it's, I don't know, it's... It, it, it was a headache. It, yeah, it is, and, and it was a headache of a week <laughs> where I had to redo a lot of stuff that I had already done because there was an oversight on my part or on QA's part, mostly my part, and I have to own up to that. <laughs> That's the worst. Is when you're like talking to your boss, and he's like, "So why didn't this get checked?" And I'm like, "Because I didn't check it. I just, I just didn't." Because there's a lot of different use cases and it worked the way I thought you wanted it to work. Yeah. Programming's hard, man. I, I want to get into project management now. <laughs> I'm kind of done with programming this week. All right. Eric, how was your week? I've hurt, I've hurt Eric personally by saying that. <laughs> First off, I didn't think I, it was possible for me to lose more respect for Tom, but there he goes. Showing me, <laughs> showing me up again. <laughs> Uh, first question before I start talking too much. Are you guys still seeing the uh, the chat on the side here? Yep. Okay. I have a black bar and it's telling me to reload my page and I refuse to do so. So yeah, I'm just going to... If you like hide the little left, the, the right nav thing that has all the options. Oh, uh, I, I had accidentally hit full screen on mine. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah, it doesn't come back after that. Okay. I'm not worried about it. 
I don't keep up with Discord anyways, as has been noted many times by family members in Discord. Uh, John, thanks for asking. Going well. You kind of touched on a couple things that I was excited about, which is mainly the fact that we we have some wheels in motion for PHP Tech next year, including, you know, so we're engaged with the design team and have some, like, early kind of designs, and we've talked about themes and things like that, so... Excited about that. Um, besides that, I have a new hobby. My wife and I, the current wife, that is, we uh, we lay in our pool from like 7.30 to 8 o'clock, and bats just fly around us. I feel like I'm in the bat cave. They, I mean, they, <laughs> they literally, we're laying in the pool, and they're... It was a Batman thing. They're splashing down in the water. No way, really? They, they fly. Those bats are dying. Huh? <laughs> Those are dying bats. No, they, they they hit the water and bounce back up. They just come down and they're just getting the animals, you know, the little insects. And they have no fear of us. Like they will fly just between the current wife and I's heads, which are just the only thing bobbing above the water. And it's become very exciting. That reminds me, current wife, if you're watching, did we ever figure out what a flock of bats are called? Or does anybody in our Discord know what a flock of bats are? Because we have a flock of bats, a lot of bats that just come dive bombing. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And it's cool because there's enough light where you, where you can watch them. Uh, we, we live we live uh, at the bottom of a hillside that, you know, is just nothing. There's nothing back there but wild, you know, plants and stuff. And they just come, they're coming from somewhere over there. Like, I don't know if there's a little cave up there. I don't know where these bats live. Like, if they're cave bats or tree bats or what they are. They're just little bats. bats. They come over this hill and they just, yesterday, I was actually getting a little nervous. There were so many of them. I'm like, okay, I'm freaking out a little bit. That's a lot of bats flying around us. Oh, there you go. That's what a flock of Bats we have we have colony cauldron, a cloud of bats that are in flight. <laughs> well, this is a cloud then, definitely a cloud of bats. I would call it. I would be so brave as to call it a storm front of bats, a hurricane that we're about to experience of bats. You know, they always talk <laughs> about that here. Here on the West Coast in the U.S., there's a hurricane coming up Baja, California, and it <laughs> Italian never hits us. <laughs> I am I am so excited by how dismissive Eric is being about your next your like upcoming hurricane because God if that's not a warning sign right there that Eric doesn't care it's it's, it's barreling down to L.A. isn't it All yeah. I know is yeah. it's affecting my flying for the beginning of the week Oh, oh. <laughs> we can't have that No no let's somebody call and tell them to you, cancel the hurricane. You talked about the the bat coming in, just touching the water. That was me today. I swooped in, just touched the ground with my butt, came up, and then perfect spot landing. Boom. I should have known John would have made this about (laughs) paragliding. Of course. (laughs) I I had my my monthly meeting tonight. (laughs) 
I rushed home to be on this show with you. I could have stayed there. Problem with constipation. Well, you know what's constipating when you're up in the air and you got to pee. That's a problem. Uh, No, (laughs) enough self-solving problem. That one. That one fixes itself. (laughs) All right, I got a question for you. It it was inspired by a listener of the show whose name I will withhold currently, but. I'm going to state what that is. We've talked about it on the show in the past. I'm going to state what it is. I want to talk about it. But before we talk about it, we're going to cut to one of our fantastic uh, sponsors' ads, and then we'll come back and talk about it. The topic is uh, coding tests for hire. So, like, you're you're going in to get a job, and you're hit with a coding test. I'm kind of curious of where everybody stands on that. And we'll talk about that here after a word about Honey Badger. Uh, to our friends at Honey Badger IO for sponsoring this podcast, when you're as bad of a developer as I am, monitoring your application becomes essential. I need clear, actionable intelligence on what I did wrong, not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why I use Honey Badger, the monitoring tool we always wanted, a tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't so that you can keep shipping. Know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time and fix problems before your customers can report them. Honey Badger is the application health monitoring tool built for you, the developer who cares about a quality product and happy customers. Be the hero of your team and sign up for a free trial and start monitoring today at honeybadger.io. Setup takes as little as five minutes. See what you've been missing and fix it. Once again, that's honeybadger.io. Now, let's get back to the show. Thank you, Honey Thank Badger. You, Honey Badger. Hey, Tom. Great. Oh, you're not here. Great you're read, here. Tom. Yeah, you bastard. Walk out on one of the best reads out there. I see how you are. We're gonna have to play that one again. But <laughs> until Tom comes back, John, do you have any opinion on having to do a coding test to get a job? I get so torn on on that specific topic because. As an employer, I want to know you you know your stuff prior to hiring you, so I would I want to give you a test. As an employee, I'm like, am I doing work for free? And that's frustrating. Like you're not paying me for my work. So I see both kind of sides of it. Tom, great read, by the way. Thanks for coming back. You're- you did it, Tom. Thanks, Honey Badger. <laughs> I had to I'm sorry. Um Tom, what about you? So I had proposed this a while ago, and I'm not sure if if all of our listeners remember this, but explaining to me why a joke on programmer humor is funny. It was a classic one. I like that. That was a good one, yeah. I, I really think you can get a lot out of that. Now, I've done the really horrible take a weekend and work full time on the weekend to do this coding test thing, and I can tell you I'll never, ever do that again. Uh, it's a waste of as as an employer or as an employee. I would never. I w- as an employer, I would never ask someone to do that. As an employee, I would never do it myself again. Um, it's a gigantic waste of time, and basically proves that you can work unassisted for two days and produce two days worth of completely unguided content. Um, recently, I've been 
reviewing candidates with just a simple Twitter clone, uh, New York Times bestsellers list, you know, that kind of thing. And no, I, I don't know that kind of thing. Like, what do you mean that Twitter kind of clone? Thing? Yeah, but are, are are you saying you have them create a Twitter clone? Isn't that, uh, isn't that a code for a test code for a job thing? Yeah. So, the, the, but this is we give them three hours. We have an introductory meeting uh, over Zoom. They get three hours. They come back and provide us the code and explain it to us as if we had no idea what it was they were working on. I'm very confused. How how did you go from as an employer, I would never ask that to, oh, yeah, this is something we do on a regular basis. Weekend of full-time work. Oh, okay. So you're you're saying an extreme case you wouldn't, but I, just I've, a general. Yeah, I've spent 50 hours on a coding test once, and it was an enormous. Just to be I'm clear, gonna... they they expected you to spend two hours. So no, no, they they expected me to spend. <laughs> they expected me to be full time for two days, writing their the response for their test. I yeah, I, I really don't want to point this out, but like there aren't fifty hours in two days. <laughs> well. When I work full time for two days, that's fifty hours. Okay, um, hang on. I misspoke. Fifteen hours, a a lost weekend on my part. We asked for. How'd you go from fifty to fifteen? I'm confused. So, in Discord, Jeffrey says I would think an employer could take the time to review the top two or three, two or so repos of an applicant to see how they code that's assuming the applicant one contributes to open source because if you're if you've only ever worked for employers you're not your code isn't going to be available to review so not everybody does the side projects let me post them up on github or contributes to open source to be able to see how they code right and i've stated in what portion of that code is theirs how long did it take you know, one of the things we look for when we're hiring people is can they perform X in Y time? What is their velocity? And Oh my gosh, she sounds just like the Honey Badger commercial. <laughs> Did we point out the why the Honey Badger commercial is funny yet or no? <laughs> no. It wasn't funny. I mean, what you said was kind of funny, but you you know what you said. Obviously, you walked away, you didn't hear it, but I heard the, obviously I heard the first iteration of it on Discord. Discord.phpugly.com. No, I, I didn't. Pu- there were no. Did you, uh, did you publish it to Discord? Uh, I didn't hear it on Discord. No, you put it on a, Discord. A-, a Woods brings up a great point. That's I haven't thought about that. Have have the candidate do a code review of one of the current PRs that's open. That is good. That that's way, really good. We just can't, way, can't do that. We can't. I know it's proprietary code, but they're not seeing the code base. They're seeing a portion like APR. We cannot do that. Mm. Absolutely could never, ever do that. Like security. If I suggested that, I would have to have a meeting with security. Well, what what if you had your engineering team put together a project that a candidate could review? Sure. Just say, hey, put together a project that you'd want a candidate to be able to identify certain patterns or issues or issues yeah the the reason that we do things the way we do them now is because we don't specify front end back end we don't specify language or 
No, we we specify nothing. We just say a website, like a web a page where you can. But I want to know what I'm being hired for. Why would I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because you've applied for a position that implies back end or front end or full stack. And so if you, you, if, you to... produce, if you produce something that is entirely back end with just a basic form on the front end, we know where you fit in the teams that we have. This I'm guy's not going to feel shitty if I if I open something that has a terrible front end. I'm going to feel like I'm failing there. But that's what exactly what I did, and it was not failing. It was they said they don't really care about how it looks, and I said, "All right, it's going to look terrible." But it will have the most features, and it will be exactly functional as you wanted it. Hmm. And we got back stuff that, oof, like was bad. We, I got back. I, I, I can't get into it, uh, but I got back stuff where there was just like, oh, this is a complete misunderstanding of how web resources are used. This is a complete misunderstanding of how APIs work. This is a oh, I've written fun- some terrible APIs. I have seen, yeah, I have seen shit that would make your eyes bleed. And the thing is, is we got stuff back that was mediocre. We got stuff back that was fantastic, and we got stuff back that was an instant cut. You're just off the list. And when the t- when the hiring team meets up and says, like, "Hey, we all agree, right? Yeah, we all agree." Sorry, like this is this is year one developer stuff, and it's way off base. That saves us the time and saves the potential employee the time. Where we're if we're giving them something to troubleshoot, they might be fantastic about troubleshooting and code reviews and QA, but that's not what we're hiring for. We're hiring them to write good backend code that is solidly documented, tested, and has a a oh, standard. So, so that 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 Twitter clone that you ask your people to write, you expect it to be tested and documented as well? No. We hold no expectations. We say you have to be able to do this, do this, and do this. And if they produce something that has TDD driven development behind it that you can tell that they did TDD, if you can if they produce something that hits all the points then we start measuring how they achieved it and why one way they did it is better than another and how it would fit into our working environment as it stands now. Because one of our base instructions for our tests is no eloquent, no ORMs. So if that, if that's, if somebody struggles with that right off the bat, like there's nothing we can do about it. They, they, you just to work I, with our system. I would one hundred percent struggle with that today. I would. I feel like I would totally struggle with that. Yeah, and that's that's a bummer. But like our code base requires you to be able to know how to read SQL in the area of a hundred line queries. Well, then your code base sucks, boss. That's never been brought up before internally. Well, I'm gonna, hold on. Know, I'm going to start. That's professional. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let the uh, CTO. Know your professional opinion. Okay, you tell maybe. you tell them to watch the podcast. Maybe I don't then, care. Maybe then they'll sponsor us. <laughs> I clearly would never be hired there because I don't know how. I, I I would not want to try to write raw SQL again. It just not does not appeal it, to me anymore. But this isn't see. Like, I like I like it because 
ORMs often are clunky and don't do a very good job. We have don't a lot do of a very good job. Really, is that the statement you're you're standing behind? For complex queries, often they uh, don't. Let me for let me for your simple models for your your general eloquent models they they do fine. Let me say I I entirely disagree with John here. However, there are other people above me at the company who agree with him. <laughs> I, I, well, like, I, I like to know exactly how my queries are written. Go ahead, Eric. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I've stated in the past many times that it, it's not a practice that appeals to me. First off, let me just say it's very easy for anybody to say, I would never do that to get a job when you have a job. When you need a Which job. When you should be doing it. When you, when you need a job, and especially when things are getting desperate for a job, you would be surprised what you're willing to, to do. Um, and I'm not faulting anybody who does go through the testing process. That's, that's a personal decision you have to make. Uh, I, I feel like if you, as a, somebody seeking employment, have done your research on company, and you're pretty sure you want to work for that company and they hit you with a coding test and you decide to take it and you're fine with that, then that's, that's you, right? I personally don't do good with tests and it's been something, something I've struggled with my entire life and it can be the most simple test. I had to renew a certification last week for one of the clients that I work for, it's a government thing. And it is uh, quite honestly, the easy, one of the easiest tests you can take. I don't think anybody in the company has ever gotten like under 95% on the test. And my anxiety and my nerves go through the roof every time I have to take it. And, and I feel like I could take it in my sleep because the, the questions and answers are that simple, but when you have like the condition I have, which is like, I feel like every question is a trick question and, and the answer is never as simple as they try to make it out to be. And I get in my own head and I talk myself out of things. And again, this has been an issue with me my entire life. So I just don't get, do good with tests at all. But I've always stated in the past, as an employer, if you get to a point with a candidate that the decision hinders on them passing some sort of coding test. I feel like you haven't done your research as the employer on that candidate. Well, and I say that as an employer who has done that practice and will readily admit that we were trying to blindly find uh, uh, developers for pro for a certain project that I had not done my research on. I didn't do. I didn't get a recommendation, and it was an unpleasant experience. Now we were fortunate in that it worked out for us, but in general, it, I felt like I was starting behind in the process because. It just I, I didn't have enough information on the person who had applied for the for the position. 
And there, there's a lot of factors involved here. But in general, I always feel like you as the employer, if you're serious about hiring a person that you feel like are is an important person on a team, you have a certain responsibility to do some level of vetting of your candidates and not just, oh, this resume is good, this resume is not, this resume, he misspelled this, so we're going to you know not worry about them. Real vetting, like doing some research on the individual. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't think I could do it. You, but we, we do that vetting as well. I mean, that all happens before the test gets to me. Uh, so what, we, I mean, how how and, much weight does the test take? Uh, how much weight does the test have in the hiring process? It's, to me, it's pass-fail. So if, it, if you, it probably also depends on if you have a, a ton of applicants or not. Like if, if you're, nope. as, no. So hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I want to, I don't want to cut you off, uh, John. I don't want to get too far away from what Tom just said. It's a pass fail. Yeah. So you're telling me if you go through, you know, a couple of rounds of interviews and conversations with a candidate, they sound absolutely outstanding. You've done your research. They check a lot of the boxes and they come back and they do poorly on your test application. This it's is not just, a, that's it. This is not a multiple question test. This is a can you read a spec? Can you execute on the spec within the amount of time that we give you? And what are the areas that you don't execute on that you minimize as priorities? Now, if I give you a test where I say, I want you to show me the New York Times top. 10 books, the top 10 bestsellers, and you get hung up on what an API is, then I know that as great as you are as a candidate, you cannot fill the role that we need you to fill because you don't understand the difference between a get, put, post, But shouldn't you have gotten that through the interview process, not from the code? But some people are great interviewers. And terrible coders. And some people are really terrible at taking tests. Exactly. But so this is not a this is not a multiple this is not ten questions test. This is we we give them a general. But you understand objective. you you put yourself in the shoes of the person looking for the job. I took the they're, test. I am they're, they're, sit, they're sitting there trying to figure out what do I think this person's looking for? How can I wow them? Can I, can I, you know, do they want some very abstract code where I have a bunch of repositories and classes or do they want something simple? I mean, this, I don't know, man. It's also our, our tests have a kind of a breakdown of, of need to have, want to have nice to have. And you share that with their candidate ahead of time. Absolutely, We're totally transparent. It, it, the thing I do before I judge the code that comes back to me is read over the spec and make sure that they met the the base needs of the spec. Can it query an API? Can it store the values in a database? Can the user interact with it? From there, does it does it have a good caching? If if you don't hit the API again, if you don't need to, is there a good handling for CSRF or the form validation. 
uh, from there, is it? Does it pretty? Okay, a lot of does these it, middleware? Do they have to code that themselves? Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's a test. big ask, especially if you think the thing's only going to take a couple of hours for the person to do caching. Like caching alone is such a big topic. Yeah, but I, for a junior position, we don't give a shit that they didn't cache it. For my test, no, that's not, not what you just said. No, no, it's pass fail. They, they've shown us what they can do in three hours with a very simple request. And if they do something outstanding that shows real promise, then that's a higher level position. But if they've done something that is fundamentally correct and meets the standards and we're hiring for that position that just meets the standards and is supervised by higher level employees, then that's the job we're hiring for. But it's the same test for me as it is for a junior developer. I got way further with it than a junior developer did, but I didn't finish it. I wanted it to be much prettier, have React components or view components. If I had had... So Jeff, Jeffrey in Discord says, what if uh, no specifications uh, are given? Do you just grade it if it works or in the high-level functionality is there? How would they know what to do if there's no specifications? Specifications come from the company, not from... We give them specifications. If somebody comes back to us and they're they're looking at a high-level developer position and they have produced Swagger docs, testing, database, the proper indexing on the database, caching with an Electron front end, and the requirement that they do raw SQL, boom, nailed it. High-level position. Same test to a junior developer. If they came in with validated requests, good. That's a bonus point. They came in meeting all of the requirements. They parameterized their queries correctly so there's no SQL injection. Boom. Thumbs up. That's great. But if they didn't properly parameterize their queries and we still like them and like what they produced, we tell them, listen, I need you to start by focusing on parameterization and security. Here's the resources you'll need in your first few months here to get on board with how we handle security here. This is this is not a test like the bar where you you hit a certain point and you pass. This is we get a solid judgment of what you know as a programmer and what you know in programming theory whereas like did you, you know, the, the API for the, the bestsellers list, New York Times bestsellers list, lets you set a count that you're fetching and the page that you're fetching. Basic pagination within the API. Did you come back and fetch 10,000 records every page and then do logic in your code to figure out what page you were on and to get those values out of the array? That was an instant fail for us. Like, you, you don't understand how volumes of data work pagination is a simple concept you didn't you just missed it and the sql was ugly and bad like there's fail is the low end fail is like 30 percent. if you did better than convincing us you had lied in the first interviews then you pass so like if they tell us yeah no i worked with uh i've worked with google and ebay and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think we've talked about this enough. You've 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 talked for like the last twenty minutes defending your practice of 
testing people who are desperate for work. I, I get it. Okay. And I'm not going to be able to talk you. And this was not to try to talk you out of it. I just was wondering what your thoughts were around the practice in general. So you seem to be, regardless of what you say, you seem to be on board with it. Sure. You can throw out the straw men. Oh, well, if they do this one thing where they expect you to do all this stuff, I don't agree with that. But in general, these are all you real cases. The practice. These are all real cases. In, in general, you agree with the practice. Yeah. You, you should test people okay. who say they can code to see if they can. Code. If you do end up wanting to get a job with Tom and you are put through this test, you may <laughs> Subject to watch our next sponsor ad for a little help. We here at PHP Ugly are happy to have JetBrains and PHP Storm as a sponsor. The entire team at PHP Ugly uses PHP Storm every day, and we love it. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's just been a hot minute since your last dive in, there's never been a better time to revisit. With a slick, clean new UI, blazing speed enhancements, and a richer toolkit, it's transforming the way we code. It's time to start coding like a professional. Visit jetbrains.com forward slash phpstorm and kick off your 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Let's get back to getting ugly. Thank, Thank you, you storm. storm. And Tom? And Tom, great job. I love the camera. That was a nice, nice touch. I like that. Didn't didn't think I could get more, more uh, pent up than that. You are. Okay. I don't know if you're just very red or if it's the lighting in your room. I think it's the lighting in my room. I, I noticed that earlier. I only tried something. I was going to say, like as I kept talking, you just sort of got redder and redder. Oh no, that that's that's actually oh, I mean, pretty that common. That's, that does sit here and listen to you. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, that's yeah, that's normal. All right. So if if nobody has figured it out, which I'm pretty sure everybody has figured it out, our commercial ads were AI trained based on in that case, Tom. It was fun oh, for two. Ep- you said for two episodes. So for people who don't know, our audio tracks are all recorded separately, and Eric has just my audio track so you only took two episodes of my audio track to train that no that 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 was for that initial pass that i posted to discord these actually had i think six six shows worth and honestly i thought the one i did with two shows sounded better and i was explaining to john and my uh, kid who was over in the current life that when I was first listening to it, you always sounded the best. Like yours you. always sounded the closest to you. And I don't know if you picked up on it. I do have but a voice. The no, that sounds, that's exactly what you sound like. And it <laughs> even has your cadence of, I don't know if it was, if it was this one or the honey badger uh, one the where you first go first one starts. Uh, like, uh, I was like, uh, yeah, in okay. the in long pauses, yeah. that's all you. Yeah, I and know. it did that. I, mine was ah, uh, mine was all right, and John's I thought was horrible. So John has one as well. I'll, I'll put John well, in a second. You, you fed him that so episode where him. he got high, so it just had zero. <laughs> <laughs> but it was weird because. I added our images to the uh, to the ad read, and all of a sudden, everybody sounded like 
they're supposed to sound. And I don't know if I was tricking my brain. Mm. I'm very curious. I go back and listen to the audio version in my truck just to make sure that what I pushed out was okay. I'm wondering if it still sounds as good there. So there, there is an audio, there's an auditory illusion called the, the bouncing ping pong ball effect where when you hear the same sound over and over, it sounds like ping, 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 ping. But when you see a ball on the screen going back and forth, you hear ping, pong, ping, pong. So there is definitely something to do with seeing like the face with the the AI speech. So let me play John's real fast so, so you can just out of curiosity in Discord, did everybody know that was AI? If you weren't in the herd channel, you you weren't in on the joke. Uh, that was actually something that was in the herd channel, which is uh, you have, if you're a Patreon supporter, you're you're in that channel. It was a uh, tr- AI engine that you can train on voices that was shared, and I had done a brief sample and shared it. But here, here's John. Tell me what you think of John's. Our friends at Honey Badger IO for sponsoring this podcast. When you're as bad of a developer as I am. Monitoring your application becomes essential. I need clear, actionable intelligence on what I did wrong. Not walls of charts and reams of logs to tail. That's why I use Honey Badger, the monitoring tool we always wanted. A tool that's there when you need it and gets out of your way when you don't so that you can keep shipping. Know when critical errors occur and which customers are affected. Respond instantly when your systems go down. Improve the health of your systems over time and fix problems before your customers can report them. Honey Badger is the application health... Was there an episode where John had a cold the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's terrible. Right? His definitely (laughs) sounds the worst. Like, it's... The the current wife thought his was the best. First thing, when the current wife listened, she knew... Almost immediately, it, it, <laughs> it wasn't like me. John doing a voice. She knew almost immediately it wasn't me, but had no idea it wasn't you and, and John. It wasn't Tom and John. And her feedback on it was very interesting. She she said, she well, she knew it wasn't me because the cadence was completely wrong. I didn't stutter. I didn't mumble. I didn't repeat myself. So... She had a pretty good idea it wasn't me, just because the person spoke so much better than I did. But with John and Tom, John, she was most impressed with, uh, but she had no idea neither one of you guys weren't actually reading that. So for for, for kind of to round this out, here's here's a sample of mine. We here at PHP Ugly are happy to have JetBrains and PHP Storm as a sponsor. The entire team at PHP Ugly uses PHP Storm every day, and we love it. PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. Whether you're a newcomer or it's... Yeah, that's... All. What? It, it's, it's totally unaware of how you cannot stop yourself with some syllables. So PHP uh, uh, PHP Storm is a cutting-edge... Like, you can't you can't let five words go by without emphasizing something in a grandiose way. 
I am liking you less and less. I know. If you look back, <laughs> if you look back at your at your reads, every five, six, seven words, it's this is. Oh no, I know my I know my challenges with public speaking. Trust me, I listen to our show more than either one of you guys. I can assure you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's too fast. It's mine is definitely too fast. Yeah. Well, and the initial one, the one of me that you uploaded first was too fast as well. Oh no, you know, I should I should log in with the browser just so I can play that for our non Patreon so people. That's interesting because I've <clears throat> I've been playing a little bit of Baldur's Gate three lately, which is a, a new video game that came out sort of universally applauded as one of the greatest video games ever made. But when I was playing it, I kept getting the feeling that this is the last game i'm really gonna play that's not ai assisted because they really they voice act everything there's a narrator there's no lines that just go on text it's all spoken lines except for your character and i think that's going to be the next thing in the sort of character creation realm is choosing your character's voice and having it be one of those just things that you modify as part of your character's design. I don't get that. Tom's made me want to donate some money to the local <laughs> society. Oh yeah. I feel like that's a compliment, but it's a weird one. <laughs> well, you guys know that I don't sound in person the way I sound on the podcast. I, I sound exactly to- like that in person. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did you mean by that? Am I missing something? I try do, do I not have, understand the question? I try to have a radio presence. I try not to dwell on getting the wrong oh. word. You know, I'm. Oh, you don't person, do a very good job. <laughs> person, I, I think I speak much slower and with much less uh, intention. But on the podcast, you know, I, I have the sort of persona of. Tom, he's never wrong. We're, we're, we're not personas. We are people. We talk. We just have. I, I agree with you there. That's one. I agree with the you there, thought. Tom. You you definitely talk slower in person. Yeah, like you you do for sure. That's that's a it's a subconscious decision, but having the wonderful condition I have, I'm very aware of how I present myself to each individual person and and the the different personas I have for every conversation. It's That's where I'm going wrong with this whole podcasting try. thing. We need personas, I John. I, no, I need multiple personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, uh, just uh, just dabble with high-functional autism. It's, uh, it's a great place to start. Well, that was fun. And those are our, our new uh, ad reads because I got shitted on last week. Even though I said this is a placeholder. And I got I got my ad reader over at the house, but by that time I had already trained trained the AI. I'm like, nope, we're using this now. <laughs> and you, you had posted the the two. copy onto Slack, and then the next day posted the audio of me reading the copy, and I was like, oh, great! I don't have to do it now. That's awesome. I didn't. What are you talking about? I didn't post that. The copy is on our Slack channel. Yeah. And told you to get that to me by yesterday. Right. But then the next day, the day after you posted the copy on the Slack channel, you posted me reading it on the Discord channel. 
100% did not. I've got it right here. The herd. You, so, feel free to play it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you think you heard. You didn't. You didn't hear you reading that copy. I didn't even make that copy until well after I posted the test. Well, no, okay. Read reading any copy. You you faked me, and I said fine. Oh, also, you faked me doing ASMR. With- <laughs> oh yeah, where he said where he, where he ended with. Oh, I'm sorry. It was it was. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake posted that ohffs posted that so if you want to hear it me uh whispering <laughs> sweet nothings about how, how he's attracted storm, or how he's attracted to eric yeah that's php <laughs> after dark yeah we'll I'm play, we'll play be, that might be able to do that yeah i was they'll join the, the herd channel if they want to hear i was it. not happy about that one Oh, I love that one. I, I listen to it. It puts me to sleep every night. Oh, I know. <laughs> My favorite this one. just got really weird. Uh, Tom comes clean. MP3. Great. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one got away from me a little bit, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <Not gonna>. oh. <laughs> so this. This all hold on, came hold, to hold us. On, let me let me see if I can figure this out. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if this works because I, I think I I had already figured this out once before. So if I if I take this here, I take this here. Tell, tell me if, if you hear it. Nope. Nope. Hold on. And I think we all know that. If I were still into men, I would totally be attracted to Eric. Now you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I know I like to give Eric a really hard time. But the truth of the matter is he's one of the smartest people I know. That is why I look up to him and get guidance from him when I can. There is no question that Eric is the main host of the podcast. And I think we all know that. If I were still into men, I would totally be attracted to Eric. <laughs> I, it's too fast, but it got the cadence right. It just makes me sound like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh, I do love that. I feel like I... Deserve some sort of recognition for not doing a lot worse with that power. <laughs> it was very tempting. I'm I am very proud of your mor- moral fortitude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you. You took your toes right up to that line, but you didn't really cross it. You're okay. <laughs> this all comes to us thanks to our Discord channel and our wonderful patrons on Patreon. Uh, if you didn't catch it already, Eric was saying that this was in the Herd Discord channel, which is an exclusive for our patrons on Patreon. And uh, do we have anyone new this week? Do we have Eric? Have you queued it up yet? Did I did I softball that one enough for you? You did an absolutely fantastic job. I just wanted to turn the music down before. I it didn't work. Still didn't. Still didn't work. You're cutting out back and forth. No. No. You're fine. So thank you to our patrons on Patreon. You have made impersonating me so much easier for my close enemies. <laughs> that would be me. Yes, thank you for all our supporters on Patreon. Hey, what's this? So if I well check it out. If you hover over it now, there's controls. That's new and restream. Oh, that is new. Hmm. Go figure. John, you were going to say something. Um, so, is the the AI that you trained is that something you run locally, or is it a service you used? Uh, a service, a service you use. 
And it only needs, I think it only asks for like two minutes of a speech. Wow. Of isolated speech of a of a person. And it, as got, it said it said in my voice, it said, Thank you. Like the way I say it. It's so mm-hmm. some of it is just like, oh yeah, that's obviously wrong. But then some of it I'm like, fuck, that's just a recording of me. Yeah. I think I messed up a little bit because as we already stated, the service we use to stream our live show breaks our audio tracks down to each each post, right? That's what I used. The problem with it is there's a lot of us like start stopping talk, talk like, uh, or there's a lot of like, especially mine, a lot of laughing. I feel like if I at least could have cut out the laughing, it probably would have done even a better job, but I wasn't going to spend that much time on it. But yeah, I ended up taking like, I think I ended up going back like six shows. I know each one of us, I ended I, all of our training voices were between 45 minutes to 60 minutes and big hat off to, being a command line person because you can only upload I, I forget what the sizes were of each audio track but it was like five megabytes so i was creating this one big mp3 file and then i'd run it through ffmpeg to break it down to nothing bigger than four and a half megabytes and then i got a bunch of individual files then I uploaded all that. So we could have also ended up with the problem of one sample cutting off in the middle of a word or middle of a, of a sentence and the other sample picking it up. And I don't know how they, it works for that, but, but in general, it did a, I thought a really good job. The fun news is that the people who develop the AI, AI don't know how it works either. So <laughs> Eric, you know, what we didn't talk about, before we end the show, and I'm like, oh, I've meant to talk about this. I, I, I wrote something down, too, so I'm curious if it's going to be the same topic. You go. The other thing we did this week is we finally got all of the videos up on phptech.tv. Hey. I don't know what took the, the last, what was it, six or seven talks? Like, yeah. It, it just kept lingering between Eric and I, and it, we finally got them. They're up. Everything's up. Go watch. Enjoy. If you haven't gotten your virtual pass to get it, you can still do that for a little bit. Um, yeah, they're all up there. Uh, did, have you watched the uh, the database uh, abstractions and where they leak talk? No. That's the, the last one I did. And I had to manually put the slides in. And I'm kind of oh, happy with how it turned out. I actually I need to go back and watch that one. Yeah, I know you were putting a lot of work into that one. That that's the one that took me the most time because I I we had no slides in that talk and I was able to download them. I tried mm-hmm. to try to time it to where as he was talking it transitioned the slides just fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think it turned out well. And yeah, it, it, good. Yeah. I was going to say if if you if you haven't been listening to the show, John and I. 
uh, are two of the people behind PHP Architect, and we did the PHP Tech Conference this year back in May. In the very last minute, we decided to do a live stream and then make the videos. And for everybody who bought a live stream or attended the conference, make the videos available. So that then put an additional effort on John and I to go through all the talks, edit them, post them, make this. Sorry for the delay. TV site that we were literally coding at PHP Tech, make it so mm-hmm. that log in and view these talks and there's been a lot of moving parts to this piece but it, I felt like it turned out really well and across the board John and I are definitely not audio video guys we don't do this for a living and we were just kind of and we, and we know where the shortcomings are on the site we know that there's things we can improve mm-hmm. yeah we're going to work on that the site is, I'm still thinking I'm going to move forward with my Symphony uh, version and not worry about doing anything with the current version. Um, and I don't have as much time as I felt like I had a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got about a month less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was, uh, after talking about all the stuff for our PHP Tech uh, 2024 and looking at our, at our our timelines, which John and I have a pretty cool database of things we want to get done and when we want to get it done. And all of a sudden, like things are like quickly approaching, like, Oh yeah, we're going to have to have something put together here fairly soon. You know, we need to do call for papers. We need to do sponsors. We need to get sponsors. Just everything is just like, just coming really fast. So I'm stressing, but have you that, that that database abstraction one I was talking about, just for context before we move on, was interesting in a in the sense if you're writing an application or something that you want to, uh, how do you say, you want to distribute and let other people have their own version. For example, you you release something open source and you want them want people to be able to take that, run it on their own servers, and they get to choose their database. Um, that they're going to use. Some people are going to use MySQL, some Postgres, some Oracle, whatever. A great talk to watch. It'll leave it at that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I need to watch or, that. Yeah. You you think you're you're installing Doctrine so that all of a sudden you can just do this and anyone can use whatever database they want? Watch that talk. <laughs> mm. I was going to ask about Doctrine. So you're using Symphony basically for the first time for this video site, are you using doctrine? Yeah. Yeah. I went with doctrine. And it's funny because like one of the biggest things that I, I feel like I was going to struggle with, I still don't like, like it too much, but the, uh, the way it handles routing and the fact that it's, um, uh, an attribute, uh, because there's, it's one of those things where I just have to start, using it to understand how to handle certain cases because I know in Laravel you have the routes file. You can have as many routes files as you want. You don't have to have one or two. You can create as many as you want, but just in general, you have a routes file and you have the ability to like group routes and apply certain middleware to a group of routes and things like that. But the really what, what's really simple 
but I, I I'm not sure how to do it with the symphony yet, with symphony yet is you can prioritize routes. Like you can say, okay, because it reads it from, I think it's top to bottom. And the first matched route it finds is what fires. Which and, is the opposite of Laravel. The last match route is the one that fires in Laravel. Laravel is what I'm talking about. So that that that's what I'm saying. I can't remember if it, if it's the first or last or top to bottom or bottom to top. But okay, so it's the last matched uh, route it finds is what fires. I believe. I don't know how to do that with attributes, and I did a little research. There is a way to do it, and there's like this is the frustrating thing to me as somebody learning symphony like really trying to spend some time learning symphony but coming from multiple other frameworks i've done kphp in the past i did a little slim stuff a little slim work and then of course of recent years uh last about 10 years very laravel focused just understanding these simple things gets really frustrating because all those other solutions would have one way of doing something like routes, right? It would be a route file and that's how you do it. And Symphony is like, oh yeah, it can be an attribute or you can have this YAML file. It's like, wait, no, wait, what? There's two ways to do it. I don't, wait, no, don't do that. Don't give me too many options. I'm, I'm not I'm good bored. with options. I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still stuck on why you would have multiple routes matching the same route. Dude, what, uh, I've had to do it so many times. What what would you, what would you be stuck with it? So let me give you an example. Uh, user slash the username would take that user to their profile, right? But okay. user slash create, you don't want it to take you to a create profile. You want that to create the user. Okay. So you have to make sure those fire correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And and nope. I think that that is bad architecture, but it's also realistic architecture. That right. normally happens. you would just normally you would just post a slash user, not user create. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, and it's I've I've run into that in in unbelievably stupid ways, but that's the way it is. So I'm really excited about doing Symphony work. I'm a little hesitant because I I just. I don't have the time I used to have to take on new oh, yeah. learning. Sounds like you've been watching, been watching a lot of bats lately. Well, I'm not bats. Yeah. That's a half hour lost every day. That's uh, what? <laughs> two hours, two and a half hours a week. You're just wasting watching bats. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. We'll see how it works. I mean, I figure if worst case, I need to pivot back to Laravel. It's always there. I kind of know what I want to get accomplished, and I don't think any of it is that challenging from a Laravel perspective. So we'll see how easy it is from a symphony. I I am a little hesitant about losing my live wire. People have shown me a lot of alternatives for symphony, and I'm, you know, interested in learning them but like the little reading i've done on them like yeah no this is no. this this sucks <laughs> this is not live wire and i, I also suggested cocaine was way off base <laughs> just just do cocaine instead <laughs> yeah. you just code non-stop for four days you'll yeah. be fine i'm excited though yeah we'll see how it goes like i said i'm definitely feeling like not having a lot of extra time 
I don't think I shared the story with you all. I, I think I briefly shared it with you, but you know, I had been up, I ran into Sammy K uh, at Laricon. He was the one that you know had asked me to take over PHP Roundtable. I've rehashed this many times, but of course, that's when everything in our life, my life, John and I's life, went crazy with PHP Architect and all this other stuff. Ended up having a call with with Sam, Sammy, and he's kind of giving me some ideas, and I, and I really feel like I can get that ball moving again, especially when I talk to him about talk through it with him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, three weeks have passed, and I still haven't done anything, and realize, yeah, damn, you know, I just just I'll, I'll time, help. I just don't have enough time anymore. It's, it's a struggle. I definitely don't have three hours to take a test practice test coding for a job. Uh, All right. Where are we at on time? Oh, we're good. Real good. You may have anything else you want to touch on? Uh, yeah, you know, I had one thing cause I'm all no show notes for this week. One thing you threw tail scale at me. Like it was the solution to all the shit I needed for my servers. Absolutely. I stand behind that. I need to host it myself. That's the problem. No. Why? What? Why? What are you talking about? What do, What does Tailscale not do? What are you not understanding about the greatness I can't, of Tailscale? I can't host the Tailscale server on one of my VMs. I have to... There I, is only, no, I only have Tailscale clients that connect to the Tailscale website. So I will be setting no. up... I will be setting up my wait. own version of Tailscale. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. Slow down a little bit. What? <laughs> there, there is there is no server it's all decentralized all tailscale is doing is giving you a vpn to route stuff to so it's but, there, but there, the, OAuth, no server. the oauth authority for that is tailscale.com but you don't need yeah you so there yeah, is. You, ha- you have to authenticate to Tailscale to get the server on your your private network. That's true. But to get so to what's the, the server, you have to authenticate to Tailscale as well. No, that's not true. That's that's one hundred percent not true. If if you are if you're going from a machine that that you as part of the Tailscale network, it, you're you're on a VPN. I'm not so, going from a machine. I'm going from a random machine in a library trying to log into my server at home. Yeah, you don't you don't want to do that just in general, I don't think. No, why would you do v- that? OpenVPN is the one of the solutions I'm looking at. Uh, but why would you do that? Even OpenVPN you Because need if Tailscale a... if Tailscale disappears, like if the if the company yeah. vanishes, then uh-huh. all those all those VPN connections die with it. Because it's yeah, the no, absolutely. The yeah, it's definitely it's no more of a risk than AWS going away or DigitalOcean going away or yeah. your or your Open VPN server crashing and dying. I mean, that's absolutely. that's all very true. But so I want to. I, I don't I think you're making a good enough argument to to say that it's not. It's just not what like, I'm looking for. It's a great. You're thing. looking that's for a... you're you're wait 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 stop for one goddamn moment. You're honestly telling me what I'm looking for is a solution where I can go to a random public computer and log into my private network. That's what you're telling me? You're yeah. full of shit. Yeah. 
Yes. You just don't want okay, to you're like not, it. You're not going to install an open VPN client on the. the the, this is my point. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. It's like you're not going to install the cert for an open VPN on a public computer at your library. No, no. Program. I don't have to install the cert there. Open VPN on my system runs as the OAuth authority to gain access to my VPN. But you still have to have an open you, VPN client to set that up. That's how open VPN works. It's just a web interface. I can go into I can go into VNC console, uh, Windows uh, shell. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, whoa you're whoa. doing a lot of stuff on a on you're, a public computer. A VLC connection, but you won't make an SSH connection. So what I'm I going just to don't say trust the tail scale's going to be there. You can have you can have a server but somewhere this, running tail scale. This is one of my SSH from your public computer yeah. to that server. But this, start this, bouncing around. this is one of my That's annoyances with other with other things in general. You want a single point of failure that you have to manage, so it's something else you have to control that could just crash or whatever yes. on a single point versus a company that has high availability and does this for a living on the off chance that they might possibly go away. No, 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 no. Okay. The, the chances for, of your single no. machine going away is higher than yes, it is. their yes. distributed for, network. For absolute clarification purposes, this is a hobby. I am not doing it the easy way on purpose because it is a hobby. So that's, not the way so, you, that's not the way you said it to begin with. Yeah. No, if, it was, if this was a, I want to do this because it'll be fun, that's one thing. It might not have been. <laughs> it, what I'm saying but, is that I'm choosing the hard way because the hard way different. has its own benefits. So don't don't say don't say tail scale sucks or whatever you said. Tail scale, we still want I you said, to sponsor. All I said was tail scale is not the solution I'm looking for. You implied but you, but you that it, it was you, a bad service. No, and no, that no. they could they could go away at any moment. I'm saying that is a closed source service, and I'm looking for a fully. Tailscale is a closed source a closed source service made available, built on open source solutions that they also share with you on how you can do. So yes. basically, they can, those... they tell you how you can set up your own Tailscale network yourself if you if you wanted to be like tom and just host everything yourself without vpns but that's the part that's missing is that actually the the, the home node you cannot self-host so if, if i haven't tried it so i, could, I, can, scale, I couldn't tell you tailscale.com stopped responding to dns for any given reason my home node would be dead i cannot no but, but what i'm saying is is the technology tailscale's built on is open source technology that yeah so that's, you. that's WireGuard and WireGuard right. is implemented in other well, WireGuard is, is the big thing yeah right so WireGuard is implemented in other no, not technologies wild. is that, it WireGuard? Is, yeah. I thought it was something else no trust me I've been doing it all week I don't I definitely after this conversation don't trust you <laughs> uh, so TailScale is built on WireGuard which is great and there's another service that's more closed that's not built on WireGuard that a lot of people in the home lab community are big fans of. However, this implementation, you don't have a root node that you're in control of. Tailscale is the root node, and you cannot – you are at their whim. No, that's fine. I, I, I think I, – you know, again, that's a risk-rewards 
evaluation you have to do as an individual. For me, it's a matter of getting work done. Yeah, I've been sure. very close at, to to absolutely doing away with our VPN, which we have a VPN. It's a pain in the ass when it's not working. And a client, uh, um, client, Jesus, a person who works for with us isn't able to access a resource for a client because they're not able to connect to the VPN. That fucking sucks. Absolutely. So I, that's what I want to be in charge of. So I want, I want, if AWS goes down, I want all of my shit to still go head scale. Look at HeadScale. It is a self-hosted tailscale control server. There you go. Done and done. There, there is many solutions. Somebody has shared a solution with me. Uh, that's what I was just looking up. Was the solution? Uh, somebody has shared you, a solution with me that? that was. Hmm? Where did you see that? I didn't. Oh, here, here. I'll put. I'll put it in. in oh, I found uh, it, but like, where did you see it posted? I just looked real fast. I was trying. I was trying to find. That's that's where I was going with this somebody had shared with me other solutions that are very tail scale-ish but it are open source self-hosted solutions i was just looking for that and i came across this head scale i, I know nothing about head scale i'm i'm not saying that they're the right thing but it's there and like i said tail scale i thought had a some sort of tutorial or something but i can't find that either so the problem with Tailscale is that they refer to everything as a server. So there's when you look at the parent node, there's no way of setting up a Tailscale parent node, just servers which are really clients. But I am this headscale thing looks very new. So you have piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, let me know how that works out for you cuz I, I am 100% on board with doing this. I really don't remember what that other solution was. I thought it was you that told me about it, Tom. Uh, but I guess not. There's an alternative. Uh, so, alternatives. Here I, we go. I, just, I need I need Tom's time where I can spend all this time playing video games and or setting up my own. Zero tier. Zero tier. Oh, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, Zero but it tier. Doesn't, it doesn't run on the uh, WireGuard protocol. So um, I am not down with it. Actually, I don't know if this is right or not. This doesn't look like the website I was on, but whatever. It, it's not important. I'm I, I'm happy with Tailscale. Yeah, John, I agree with you. I it, he does this shit, and then he says, "I don't have time to write an article for PHP Architect. I'm too busy." The article is about this. Whatever. <laughs> I, would you prefer I don't do my research? Because that's how I've been operating lately. Prefer you to write an article for us. <laughs> what I prefer. All right. That goes to anybody watching or listening to this show. If you haven't written an no article, no one's going to write an article for free. Well, that's a good thing. I wouldn't expect them to write an article for free. They will need to pass a test to write the article. <laughs> no, that's not true either. But we do pay for articles. Uh, so I uh, feel like I set myself up for that one. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we didn't even touch back on your geography challenges. <laughs> Somebody else posted. Where was that posted in Discord? Was that in general? Please tell me that was in general. I think that was general. Oh, gosh. I love that. I love that about our Discord channel. Somebody in Discord posted Tom's map of California. Yeah, yeah. 
I did not see this. Oh, you didn't? I'll, I'll see if I can. Oh, here it is. It's way back there now. Hey, August twelfth. August yeah. yeah. Can you copy a link or? Yes, you can. You can reshare, can't you? Yeah. Here, I'll I'll put. Oh yeah, let's probably do that. That's probably better. Here, I'll put that there. Copy mes- Copy message link. Done. Yeah. Is that oh. reshare? Didn't? Aren't you? I thought there was. A, oh, did you just do that? I did it that way. That didn't work. What's that? Did, it's a. Li- it's just a. Li- oh, you back. click on it. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> did you watch the? Uh, we got to end. We're so long. Did you watch the the scammer video I posted? I. I oh yeah, yeah. About the password. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we need, we'll put that in our Discord. Did you put that in the Discord? About. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll. I'll okay, the yeah, there it is. That's that's where you, I, I I always lose track of whether it's in Discord or Slack or there's another, there's another link. Oh, oh wait, those look terrible. That map is sho- <laughs> shockingly correct. <laughs> I like that guy. He's hysterical. Yeah. All, All right. right, we got to be done. John's right. John, John needs to wrap up. I actually I, have things to do still tonight after editing the podcast. So. Yeah, I'm a busy guy. I'm, I'm way more important than both you guys. You should true. be clear on that. That's just true. true. All right, let me get that ready to go. I'm just going to keep talking. There we go. And we're good. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for episode 348. I'm 348, that's crazy. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep it up. Keep it up. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love. Me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly. It's called ugly because it's not professional. But I'm about to come through and bless it with style. So let's do it when I'm spitting. I perfume the room. Yo, the segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom. That came from Thomas. Yeah, can nobody go beyond this? I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise. Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish. We talking about the PHP, the programming language. About to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living web app? Applications. Okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they're getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.